Hi, this is Eden Busani, and I'm your host for the Meraki Podcast. Every Monday and Thursday, we upload new episodes from incredible speakers who share their wisdom on important life lessons and their personal journeys towards living a purposeful life. Tune in on Thursdays to get my latest scoop on self-growth and personal development. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Hello, this is Eden, your host, and welcome to another episode of the Meraki Podcast. Today we have the beautiful, lovely Samira, um, who's an author. She is a coach, and she's going to be talking with us today about dealing with low self-esteem. So, Samira, how are you? Hi, I'm great, and thank you for having me on today. I'm really excited to be here with you and your listeners. Yes, thank you so much. Um, so today the topic we're going to be discussing is dealing with low self-esteem. And I know that you just came out with your own book um, that is also talking about um, dealing with negativity and low self-esteem. So why don't you uh, start by telling us first, maybe you can start by telling us about your book a little bit. All right, great. So my book is called I Should Have Worn a Curtain, A Tale of Bulimia, Self-Loathing, and Romance. And I know that's a lot because in the short, in that really short story, it's packed with a lot. It's dealing with an obese African-American woman who struggles with binge eating disorder. I won't uh, give you the whole story, but basically she's experienced a lot of trauma. She's in denial about how food is really hurting her. Uh, she's in denial that she even has an eating disorder. She's also trying to deal with love on top of having very low self-esteem and an eating disorder. So it's all very um, chaotic for this character. Yeah. Let me ask you, is this a true story? Is this a novel? No, it's not a true story. It's a very short story, about 30 pages. So I packed a lot very quickly because I like to try to get straight to the point. So yeah, fiction, uh, women's fiction, chick lit is considered, yeah. Wow. Well, that definitely sounds something I would be interested in. <laughs> I'm definitely going to check that out. And by the way, it's available on Amazon. Um, so in your, in your book, you're talking about um, self-esteem, correct? Right. A lot about self-esteem and dealing with these negative feelings and emotions. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, as far as uh, dealing with the negative emotions, uh, my character in the book, her name is Shayna. Uh, the, the reason I came up with this character, because as a clinical therapist, what I've noticed is, is that people tend to start thinking bad about themselves when, when they're young. You know, it's not really something that may happen in uh, high school. These are things that usually happens when maybe before the age of seven years old. So meaning that you, a person may have had a, tra a traumatic background coming up with a, with parents that were one, one was probably absent or both were absent dealing with drugs, substance abuse, and alcohol. And that can really impact how a person feels about themselves, you know? And so yeah. that's. Uh, with, with my character, de dealing with a mother who left home when she was about uh, 12 years old and just having to, you know, try to grow up on her own and try to figure out life and not really having someone to really help her uh, understand her body and who she was as becoming as a woman. And I've noticed that with also clients that I see for one-on-one -on -one individual therapy as well, you know, that uh, 
They just don't really have that um, encouragement. And some people, even when you have parents at home, what I've noticed is sometimes some parents don't know how to talk to their kids. You know, they may call them dumb. They may call them lazy. They may say, oh, you're not pretty enough. Or they may com compare them negatively to other siblings, which all can have a negative impact on what we think about ourselves. So uh, I just wanted to touch on that a little bit, the, some of the reasons why a person might develop. Uh, the low self-esteem. But even no matter what your background is, even if you have parents who encouraged you and said good things about you and who also uh, really praised you when you did, when you accomplished your goals, you know, we can still build upon our, our, our self, build upon that self-esteem. So it's not saying, oh, I, you know, my parents weren't there. There's nothing that I can do. Oh, you know, my parents were on drugs. Now I'm just stuck. You know, I'm, I'm just going to feel terrible about myself forever. That those aren't things, um, you, you don't have to stay in that predicament just because you came from that background. Uh, what I know, and, and let me know if you have any questions along the way, because I, yeah, I can... for sure. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna ask my own questions as well. Yeah, and at the end, by the way, we do have our three questions. Um, oh, okay. yeah. Okay. All right. So, because I'll just go on and on, so you oh, can just go for it. I'm I'm entertained. <laughs> this is inspiring. <laughs> I'm like, want to just take over, so jump in whenever you want. But I know some of the problems uh, that people experience with low self-esteem, you'll see it in, in all of your relationships. For instance, romantic relationships, friends, on your job. For instance, with romantic relationships, I believe some people, particularly women, but it even happens with men, uh, become doormats, meaning that they don't feel good about themselves. So when they get a significant other, it's like, okay, I'm going to do whatever I can to make you stay. Because if you stay, that validates me and I think well of myself. You know, if you leave me, what does that say about me? Does that mean I'm unlovable? Does that mean that something is wrong with me? So we do uh, do a lot of things just to try to keep people around us when we have low self-esteem, even accepting abuse, you know? just staying in relationships where it could be verbal abuse, it could be physical abuse, and not loving ourselves enough to say, look, I'm, I'm too good for this. I can find better. And we stay for that. You can even see how self-esteem, uh, low self-esteem impacts your friendships. Even being a doormat in friends, being a yes person, knowing you don't want to go to the party, but like, oh, this person may not like me. What are they going to think? Oh, they may end the relationship with me, my, our friendship if I don't go to the party with this person. So not having healthy boundaries where I can say, I'm going to do this. This is allowable. This is not allowable in this relationship. So it's like, oh, whatever, whatever makes you happy, this is what I'm going to do. Because we so want to have that uh, connection when we don't feel good about ourselves. Also, having jobs that we don't like, or be, being in a predicament where we feel like, oh, I I'm just want to stay in this job. I'm not going to even try something else, you know? Now, right now, because of COVID-19, it may make sense, you know, especially in LA where I live, uh, we're still on the, we still have the stay at home order. But I'm speaking of when there is an abundance of jobs and there's opportunity, someone who doesn't feel good about themselves will stay at a job when they have a boss who uh, really degrades them, who does not uh, promote them, does not care about them. And they'll just stay because something about them is that 
at home with being treated in a poor manner. And that's where I believe it ties back into childhood. They're like, you, and I, and I believe a lot of this is unconscious. Like, you know, I was treated like this by mom or dad. So something about this job, this boss always hollering at me, screaming at me, belittling me before other people feels kind of at home. Again, this is just um, unconscious. So that's why I said, that's why low self-esteem really negatively impacts us. Now, what can we do about it to actually deal with it? We can begin to set boundaries in our relationships, meaning telling people what's okay versus what's not okay. For instance, you have to know what you like, and this is not sitting down creating a book about it, all about me, what I like and want, but maybe taking just a few notes. For me, I can't deal with people that are constantly late because I look at it as disrespect. I'm not saying the other person is intentionally disrespecting me, but I feel disrespected. So I know that if I tell a person, hey, you know, you're late, you know, if I'm bothered by that, and if it continues to happen, I know this is not a person that I can stay with. Why? Because I won't feel good about myself if I continue to allow this person to show up on me late. If you have someone who's cheating on you and that's not the type of relationship you want, you have to be able to set that boundary. And when that person crosses it, for instance, cheating on you or being late or talking negatively about you as a mother or as a wife, and you've told that person no, and they do it again, then you have to be bold enough to say, hey, no, this is unacceptable and to walk away. Because if you continue to stay, you're just going to feel worse about yourself, and you're going to show other people that it's okay to treat you like a doormat because you keep coming back. And people who don't have the best intentions for you, they will continue to treat you like that because they'll be like, well, you deserve it. You know, you don't love yourself enough, so why not? If you're going to let me do this, I'm going to do it. So that's why it's important to have the boundaries. Also, um, finding work that energizes you. I got that from Mel Robbins. I had never heard that before. Usually, Ooh, I love her. She's awesome. Isn't she? And she's so she's... Amazing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying she's amazing. Go for it. <laughs> saying finding work that energizes you something that makes you want to get out of bed and to do it now of course i'm not saying go quit your job but maybe you can work part-time at your main job and find a way to do your passion or work not your passion but i'll say what energizes you or work uh full-time and then also make time for yourself after work to do you know what you want to do start building something that, that you're happy about also uh a main thing something i got from um jordan peterson uh, a famous psychologist canadian psychologist he talks about uh, one thing about setting goals in your life and accomplishing those goals that will help build up your self-esteem you know focusing on even if it's cleaning my closet out even if it's, I'm going to paint my room and I'm going to get some really pink and pretty um, purple, whatever color you like, <laughs> excuse me, uh, purple bed sheets, or I'm going to finally put up curtains and put up some nice uh, decorations that I really like. Something that you can start saying, hey, I, I did this. Once you do that, you start, I, what I notice is you start to feel better about yourself. Even when I, um, when I did my book, I allowed that, that um, my story to sit in the closet for 12 years. Every now and again, I would take it out, right? Wow. But when I finally accomplished, do you know how good I felt about that? You know, that makes a person feel better, smiling better. That all affects your self-esteem. So even if it's a class a person needs to enroll in, if you want to get back to drawing, painting, or running a 5K or walking um, in, in a race, what is it that you used to do that really brought you, that just really made you happy? 
you know, before you started feeling down about yourself. Think about it even as a child. I was I was the child at like five or six who can go who could go into a beauty shop with adults and talk to them and have them all listening to me because I knew all the soap operas. I knew what Vicky was doing, Erica Kane and everybody, you know. And so when I got back as an adult trying to figure out what energizes me, I remember that, that I like to talk. I like to have people listen to me. I like to tell people what to do and have them to do it. You know, so, <laughs> you know, so I had to remember when, what was I doing at five years old? And I remember stuff like that. And so I challenge the listeners to think of, to think about that, have those goals. You're going to feel much better about yourself. A lot of times we focus on the outward, that's great too. I feel really great when I put on my makeup. I put on clothes that I like. I found that bright colors can even um, uplift the mood. What colors do you like? Being out in the sun, going to the beach. And people may say, well, what does that have to do with self-esteem? It has everything to do with your how you think about yourself because once you can elevate your mood, you're gonna feel better about yourself. You're like, wow, I'm exercising now. I'm trying to eat healthier. Whatever it may be for you, oh, I'm painting now. Oh, I'm visiting my friends more. Oh, I'm publishing my book. I've started a YouTube channel, whatever it is. And by the way, here's my um, shameless plug. I do have a YouTube channel. It's called Tell Samira, T-E-L-L. S-A-M-Y-R-A, Tell Samira, where I talk about narcissism, toxic families, and friendships, and just human nature overall. So again, that's Tell Samira. But what I, what I did is when I make those videos, I feel good about myself because I know I'm helping people who have had maybe a traumatic background, and that brings me joy. So I would say to the listeners also, how can you give back, you know? Sometimes we, we're too involved with ourselves and focusing on ourselves. What about me? How do I look? What do I think? Oh, I'm not good enough. I find that once we can get out of our heads some, we can help others. So can you give that to a child that may, that's probably a foster child that you know, or a child that doesn't have a lot of attention or money? Can you help the homeless? Can you go feed, go feed the poor? Can you help a widow? What, what can you do to get out your head? And I'll also say another technique a person can use to feel better about themselves is thought stopping. Thought stopping is when you're having those negative thoughts to tell yourself stop, whether as loud as you can inside your head or outside or loudly. Now, if it's around other people, I would say to do it inside your head because you don't want them to think you need medication. So, yeah, but you have to keep practicing it. Clients will tell me, oh, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah, it works, but you, you can't just say one day, oh, I, 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 I think I look horrible, stop, and then it, does, it happens again, like, oh, it didn't work. No, you have to keep practicing it. it, it it's going to take a while, but that's what I've learned to do, even with myself and with my clients, is teach the thought stopping. Instead of just going on with that thought, oh, I, I'm this, I'm this, I'm not enough, I'm not enough. Look, that can make you feel worse. So you have to practice the thought stopping. Seeing a therapist may even help to talk about how come you feel bad about yourself, to get down to what your core beliefs are. Do you really feel worthless, that you're unlovable, that uh, there's nothing good about you, something's wrong with you, to figure out what is that about and to try to repair that. And lastly, just self-care, uh, getting enough sleep exercising, singing, having fun, eating the foods that you like, of course, in moderation, because I would like some cake every day with uh, 
if I could with buttercream icing. But anyway, I know that's not healthy for me because I will feel really bad afterwards, you know? So uh, yeah, doing things that, that, that make you happy, singing, writing, whatever it is, finding that, and all that plays a part in how you think about yourself, which would help you deal with low self-esteem. Wow. Amazing, amazing. Thank you. That's like so much great information. I loved it. Beautiful. So Thank we you. have some questions. I mean, you, you answered so many of the questions that we have here, but we're gonna ask them anyways. Um, are you ready to move on with the questions? Oh yeah, let's go. Right, awesome. So let's start with question number one. Um, what is the difference between a strong self-esteem and strong confidence? Okay, let's think. That is really a good question because I, I wonder if it's if, if the two are really if the two are really the same. You know, I I I, I really think I think they are the same. That that will be what 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 I'm saying. I think if you do feel good about yourself, meaning self self esteem, that you're going to feel more confident. And 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 that's just a, a, again about what can you give back to people? Are you taking care of your self care? Are you setting boundaries in relationships? Those kind of things make you feel confident. I think that's the best way. I think the best well, way. Well, cause and effect. You're saying it, the confidence just comes naturally when you have a higher self-esteem yes that's a great way to put it yes awesome awesome question number two um what are some things i should stay away from when dealing with low self-esteem i think a person person should stay away from uh having those repetitive negative thoughts and this is where that thought stocking comes in like if for instance if a person is constantly thinking Oh, I'm, I'm no good. No one's going to like me. Once you notice you're having that thought, it's automatic. So it's going to come. But what you can do is in, instead of just letting it keep going on end, endlessly, is to say stop. Even if it's out loud or even if it's in your head, you have to catch those thoughts. And also just making sure that you're not speaking bad about yourself. Because, for instance, uh, just scrolling on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is, sometimes people, especially only women I've seen who do this, would say things like, oh, I'm ugly. Oh, I'm fat. Oh, I, my hair is horrible. Oh, I, I look, I just don't like how I look. You know, things like that. It makes me feel bad for the person if I'm scrolling on social media to the point that I'm like, oh, my God. Because I'm feeling good, but then that makes me feel down if I hear another woman saying that. So learning to stop saying that. And this takes time, you know, that you have to get in the habit of catching yourself. If you're going to say, oh, I look horrible, stop because you don't want to speak negative about yourself. It makes others feel uncomfortable and bad for you. And I think it also Im impacts that person, how they feel about themselves. And also not everybody has good intentions. Some people, when you, when you um, advertise yourself like that, you're showing your weaknesses, people know how to play upon that. They're like, oh, this person doesn't feel good about themselves. I know how to manipulate this person. And then we wonder why we have these horrible relationships is because we're leading with our insecurities and letting people know where they can poke us to harm us. So we have to stop with that and be careful of the words that come out of our mouth. Wow, beautiful. Beautifully said. Question number, the last question, number three. Is it possible for me to get rid of my low self-esteem and how? 
sorry, my low self-esteem issues and how? Uh, yes, it's definitely possible to get rid of those low self-esteem issues. Uh, some of the things that we talked about already, as far as also getting a therapist or, a get, or some type of life coach who can help you dig deeper. You know, uh, if, if you were just talking about surface issues, it's not it's not going to help you. But somebody who can help you to understand what happened, you know, I think why is important, but uh, not just why, but how you can get over that. And in order to do that, you may need some therapy and not just a few sessions. You have to be patient with yourself, patient with the process of therapy as well. I think I think that could be helpful. Finding a therapist you like. Because I've had a few and I didn't like them. And as I like to say, I fired a few therapists. I, yes, I did. And I'm not ashamed to say. So find someone that you can connect with, someone you trust. Because if you can't connect with them, you don't trust them, you're not going to be able to open up about what's really going on. And you have to be able, if you have the trauma, meaning maybe you were a foster child and have um, issues about um, being, you know, not being raised, not being raised by your biological parents, or a drug abuse was in your past. Whatever it was, you have to be willing to let that therapist talk to you. Because people will tell me as a therapist, they'll say, "Oh yes, I want to improve." But as soon as I try to touch a wound, and at first I will wait and try to build the relationship, but then once I try to touch the the wound, ouch! Stop! No way. Well, if, if we can't touch it, we're not going. We're not going to. We're not going to make any improvements. So you have to be willing to do the hard work in therapy, as I believe it's Iyanla Benzant says. You have to do the work. You can't just go in there and talk about, you know, issues. Oh, my my job, this this and this. And when they try to probe, you don't want to. If you're not going to do the work, you're going to continue to have the low self esteem issues. Wow! Thank you so much, Samira. Um, yeah. Amazing information. So much charisma, so much relevance. I appreciate your time here with us today. Uh, anything else you wanted to add uh, before we finish off this episode? Last word? Uh, yeah, just, just a last word. Thank you so much uh, for having me on. And I just want to say to everyone, I know we've been getting a lot of messages in our Facebook Messenger, and you may think it's all spam and someone trying to sell you something, but I'm telling you, when she <laughs> is, is it, I want to pronounce your name right. Is it Edding? Because I don't want to say yes. Edding. Edding contacted me, and the first thing I thought, oh my God, is somebody trying to sell me weight loss products again? I don't want your weight loss tea. But I'm happy I read it because normally I just delete, and it was actually authentic. She sent me her link. I checked it out, and I said, wow, she's actually got some great content. She is really knows what she's doing. And this is really real. So don't just think that everyone is a scam artist. You may really find an opportunity in Messenger. Last thing, again, my book is I Should Have Worn a Curtain, A Tale of Bulimia, Self-Loathing, and Romance. And that is by Samira Alexander. You can also find me on YouTube at Tell Samira, T-E-L-L-S-A-M-Y-R-A. Thank you. Thank you so much, Samira. Thank you for tuning in to the Meraki Podcast and for joining me on the adventure of my life. I hope you found this episode to be enjoyable and valuable. You can find out more about us at MerakiOfficial.com. If you enjoy this episode and feel others can benefit from it as well, spread the love by sharing.